Open your Bibles again to Job chapter 35. I love that song, God Wants to Hear You Sing. And uh, I'm going to preach what is to me uh, one of the most enjoyable type of sermons that I preach. I'm going to uh, preach a message this morning, God the Giver of Songs. God the giver of songs. Now, I don't mean that God gives you a song to write necessarily. And sometimes you don't have the ability to sing maybe as others. Uh, but there's a joy, there's a song in our heart. And uh, Job says, of course, you know the trial that Job went through like none other that we know of, and none of the trials that Job went through were a result of any sin or wrong in his part. God was just proving that he loved him, not because of the things God gave him, but because of the giver, the God of those things. And Job makes the statement at the end of verse number 10, who giveth songs in the night. Do you know most of our hymns were songs that were written in times of trial, in times of affliction. And we're reminded that in the deepest valley, God is still there. And God gives us songs not only on the mountaintop, but in the valley. I read a statement this week, I'm not in a valley, I'm between two mountains. That's a positive way to say it, isn't it? I'm going to preach this morning on the subject, God the giver of songs. Heavenly Father, help me as I preach this morning. What a joy it is, Lord, to have a God, a Father that loves us like you do and have no limit to your abilities, no limit to your power, no limit to your love. And I'm thankful, Lord, that you loved us not because we're lovable or who we are, but you love us because of who you are and your great love. Help me as I preach the message. While it will be mostly an enjoyable truth, it will be a bit of a challenge and a reminder. Help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Job makes the statement, he giveth songs in the night. It is interesting to me that God is the giver of songs. Now, I could teach lesson after lesson about what the Bible says about music. He has much to say about it. But I just want to preach a message this morning about the importance of good music in our lives. God gives songs in the night in times of trial and affliction. The psalmist said in Psalm 42 and verse number 8, Yet the Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night His song shall be with me, and my prayer unto, unto the God of my life. Psalm number 77, the Bible says, I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart and my spirit made diligent search. I love what the psalmist said. With the singing and remembering of the songs, I commune or I preach to myself. 
God gave a new song at the time of salvation. Now, it wasn't new in that we know of something new that we would buy uh, a new car, a new pair of shoes, or something that's going to get old. When God gave us a new song at salvation, He gave us a song that is eternal and will never grow old. We will forever sing the songs of His salvation. God gives songs in times of deliverance. The psalmist said in Psalm number 40, in verse number one, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings and he hath put a new song in my mouth. I'm glad that God restores our song in a time of repentance and a time of renewal. In David's confession of sin in Psalm number 51, one of the requests that he made of God in Psalm number 51 in verses 7 and 8, he said, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. And then he says, Make me to hear joy and gladness. He wanted to be able to enjoy the singing of the hymns and songs of praise. Songs and music are a great and wonderful part of the Christian life. I believe that's why Satan works so hard in the area of music to give us, and he always does this, everything that God has to give, God gives a counterfeit. Now, you know what a counterfeit is? A counterfeit is something that looks real. A counterfeit is something that makes you think it's real. And it is real until you try to spend it. And it not only you'll find out it's no good, you'll find out it'll get you in trouble. Now, I don't want the counterfeit songs of Satan. I want the wonderful songs of the Savior. I want to have in my life the songs and the singing God wants me to have. I believe Satan has worked to corrupt good music, not only to give the wrong music, but to corrupt good music to steal away the power and effectiveness of the good music God intends to do a work with in our lives. Now, I'm not going to preach on that aspect of it this morning except to say that it is not the music of the song that makes the difference, it's the message of the song that makes the difference. However, the music ought to support the message. Did you hear what I said? And that's a whole sermon in a nutshell, though you can't leave until I'm finished explaining it. That is the sermon. It is not the music of the song that makes the difference. It's the message of the song that God wants us to have. And when you have the right message, you ought to have the right kind of music to support uh, that message. Music is a part of everything in every event of life. Have you noticed that music is everywhere? The reason being is that music is effective in the influence of our moods and emotions. I mean, there's music everywhere. There's music in elevators. I, I, I saw a thing that said, this is elevator music. I thought, who in the world would want to buy elevator music just ride up and down all day uh, on, on an elevator? But, but they've, they've got music for everything. I want to preach this morning on the importance of having good and right gospel music in your life. God's people ought to have good music as a part of their lives. I believe it's a vital important in the rearing and training of our children. 
I believe it's very important in the lives of our young people, our teenagers. I believe it's very important in the lives of mom and dad. We ought to have good music. Uh, and I want to give you this morning four reasons that good music ought to be a chosen part of our life. You understand of the 66 books in the Bible, one of those is a song book. Psalms is a book of songs. They sang in nearly every chapter or, or every book of the Bible. There was singing in the Bible. There was singing going into battle. There was singing at the end of battle when the victory was won. There was singing going into church services and the proclaiming of the word of God. There was singing in the jailhouse when they'd been arrested and threatened and beaten and told uh, never to preach again. They praised God. They sang songs at midnight and God heard their praise and God heard their songs. I want to tell you this morning why this book a song book ought to be the second book, this being the first, the second book in your life. Singing ought to be a chosen part. Now, now you may not be able to carry a tune. Uh, you, you may not be able to sing where anybody else wants to hear it. But can I tell you, as the song said, God wants to hear you sing. God wants to hear you sing. There are four reasons that we ought to choose good music in our life. Number one, good music reminds us of truth. Good music reminds us of truth. Hymns are about truth. Now I'm trying my best to stay away from preaching against bad music because someone has said, what's wrong with that music? And I, would, and I, I said... It'd be a lot shorter conversation if you asked me what was right with it. But first of all, good music reminds us about truth. Uh, hymns in this book are about truth. Look at the index of a hymn book and see the truths, Bible truths that are listed. We need to hear music that reminds us of truth. For example, I like to sing songs about salvation. At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light, the burdens of my heart rolled away. And again and again, we sing songs that remind us of the truth of salvation. I was a sinner. I am a sinner, but Christ came as my Savior to give me salvation. I'm saved because of Christ. I ought to have songs in my life that remind me of the truth of salvation. I like songs that remind me of the fact that I'm eternally secure in Him. I couldn't do anything to save myself, therefore I can do nothing to keep myself saved. He does the saving, he does the keeping. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of love, born of the Spirit, washed in his blood. I like to know and to sing. Now, I love to read the Bible, and the Bible tells me the truth, but there's something wonderful about that vehicle of a song that I can sing and sing in the morning and sing in the night. I can sing it in church but I can sing it alone that reminds me of the truth of salvation and the truth of security. I love songs uh, uh, that remind me of the love of God. You know the biggest lie the devil ever told is God doesn't love you. 
Something bad happens and the devil says, God doesn't love you. Hey, pick you out a good song and tell the devil uh, to go back where he came from. And you just begin to sing a song like the love of God. How rich and pure, how marvelous and how wonderful. Hey, can I tell you something? Uh, the songbook reminds me of the truths uh, of this book. The love of God. It reminds me that it is not uh, it is not free to be saved, but Christ paid the greatest price that could ever be paid for my salvation. He shed His life's blood on the cross of Calvary that I might be born again. Do you know some years ago they began a movement to take away hymns that talked about the blood of Christ. They said, we don't want to have anything to do with that bloody religion. Can I tell you something? Were it not for Christ giving his lifeblood, you'd have no salvation at all. And I like the songs that sing and remind me, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. That makes me white as snow. Thank God for the songs that remind me of the truth it is the blood of Christ. I'm thankful for the songs that remind me of the truth of the second coming of Christ. I was singing yesterday as I was uh, uh, riding my lawnmower. You couldn't hear me. But uh, or at least maybe the neighbors could hear me. Maybe they thought, boy, that, run, that lawnmower is running rough today. As I was singing, uh, uh, Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Hey, as you look around you, you can see uh, the signs of his coming and good songs. I said good songs. Uh, Bible songs, hymns, not something that's an excuse to sound like an accident in the kitchen. Or sounds like something's wrong or going wrong with the engine under you, under the hood of your car. I pull up sometimes to a, uh, to a red light and I look over the car thinking, man, they need to get that thing to the mechanic shop. That thing's loud. They need to get a muffler. They've got one on their car. They need to get a muffler on their stereo. I'm glad I can sing songs about truth. Are you with me this morning? Now the devil works to get his message to us in every way. As often as possible, we must combat that message with the truths of God. Listen to this statement. Songs of truth. Songs that remind us of truth are songs that help us to be set free. For you see, it's truth that set us free from doubt. Truth that sets us free from confusion. Truth that sets us free from fears. Truth sets me free. Truth keeps me free. I need to sing the good songs of truth. Second of all, songs remind me about time. You know, life is time. Time is limited. Life is limited. Life is moving on. Time is moving on. Now, the devil would uh, uh, have you to ignore funerals and ignore death. He would have you to ignore that. But good songs remind us, I have but one life to live. And that life is moving quickly before me. And life is brief, as James says in James chapter 4 and verse number 4 where it says, uh, life, <clears throat> uh, it is life like a vapor 
like a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then it vanisheth away. That's how your life and my life is. It comes and it goes quickly. And songs remind me of time and ought to use my time in life serving God. Now I'm going to tell you, I'm not interested in a song that reminds me of something in the past that's a failure and something just whines and cries. And man, I'm on the winning side. I don't want to die through life. I want to live through life. I want to enjoy the blessings of God. Uh, <clears throat> songs, uh, uh, songs remind us to work for the night is coming. Uh, Jesus said, I must work while it's day. The night cometh when no man can work. By the way, when you sing songs in church, you ought to look at those words. It's an amazing thing. I wish I could write songs. I can't. I can, but they don't rhyme. They don't seem to make any sense if they don't rhyme. And, uh, and, and I love and I admire those that are able to write good songs. You know, it's amazing. It doesn't matter where you pick this book up and open it up. It reminds you of a truth. It reminds you of time. There'll come a day you and I won't be in church on Sunday. Come a day you may be sick at home or in a hospital or in a nursing home in a place. You won't be able to sing and be reminded of these truths and reminded of time that we have in serving the Lord. You know, there's a time of reckoning. There's a time of accountability. My wife sings a song, and it's not an amen song. It's an oh me song. And, and the song is... What will you do with Jesus? Boy, it's one of conviction. You have one life to live. What are you going to do with Jesus? When you think of all Christ has done for us, what will you do with Jesus? You know, there are times of sorrow, grief, and pain. And this reminds me of blessings in those times. You know that song? He'll hold my hand. As over life's river I go. Boy, I wish I could sing too. I can't just write songs. I can't sing the songs others have written, but I enjoy singing them. You know, it just reminds me, when I come to the river, when I come to the parting, when I come to the leaving of this life and saying goodbye to the friends and loved ones that are here, I'll not cross the river alone. He'll hold my hand and the Holy Spirit of God will be my comfort and guide and deliver my soul to the other side. It reminds me of the time of reward. My reward may not be now. Sometimes you serve God and you think, boy, I'll never be rewarded. Yes, you will. Farther along, we'll know all about it. Farther along, we'll understand why. So cheer up, my brother, live in the sunshine. We'll understand it all by and by. You see, songs remind us of time. I'm concerned. In fact, my, my wife and I were in the car this week and someone had sent me a note about a church service and, and I turned the church service on and, and, and the songs, they so depressed me. I, I mean, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't watch it. It, it, it. Honest, if someone had sent me a note and said, listen to this song they sang in the bar room last Friday night, I wouldn't have listened to it. But it was no different than the song they sang in the church. That's not my purpose of preaching this morning, but you need good songs in your life. You need good songs in your car. You need good songs in your home. You need good songs on your phone that you can hear and listen to that remind you of wonderful truths, but remind you of time 
time has been is limited. I've been by the bedside of many of Christians in times of, of, of their departing in their last days and their last hours of life. And I can't tell you how many times that songs have been the most precious comfort to, of anything in all the world to be able to sing the good songs of Zion that carry them through that time of difficulty. Let me give you the third thing this morning. Uh, good songs remind us of triumph in trial. May I say this morning, we can live in victory. Do you know the Bible says that Christ died, that we might have victory? That doesn't mean just for salvation or just for eternity. That means I can have victory here. I can have victory over my flesh. I can have victory over the world. Look right up in here. Look right up in here. I can have victory. I love that song that was the favorite song of Dr. Lewis Arnold. And that's victory in Jesus. I heard an old story. How a Savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary just to save a wretch like me. And the chorus sings again and again. I have victory in Jesus. It's not in my strength. It's not in my power. Oh, but victory is in him. Victory, we're reminded of victory, triumph and trials with good songs. I love to sing the song on the victory side, the chorus. I love to sing the song, I'm on the winning side. I remember as a young teenager, my dad preached for Lester Olaf. What an evangelist, what a unique fellow he was. And he sang all the time. He'd be preaching, he'd just stop and sing a song or two or three, and he'd come back and preach a while or yell a while, and then he'd go back to singing. I never could figure out if he was a good singer or not, or if he just enjoyed singing so much, I enjoyed hearing him sing. But I remember the influence Brother Roloff had on our family. I remember the influence Curtis Hudson had on our family in the area of singing. He was not a musician. He was a great preacher. In fact, one of the funniest preachers I ever heard. And he didn't intend to be. That's just, that's just who he was. But, but, but the songs remind us of triumph. And Brother Roloff was always singing songs of victory. I want to ask you today, what kind of songs do you have that remind you that you have victory in Christ? can't live your life putting what the devil wants you to put in your mind. You don't want to live a life of failure. You don't want to live a life of falling. You say, but preacher, everybody falls. But why not emphasize getting up rather than falling down? Why not emphasizing overcoming uh, rather than uh, emphasizing what causes us to fall? I don't need to sing about sin and carnality. I need to sing the songs of Zion uh, that, that let me know I can have victory over all things. I'll give you the last point. Good songs remind us of trusting in God. The Bible says in 1 John, faith is a victory that overcomes the world. And if I can sing a song about having faith in God, that can increase and encourage me to make the decision to have faith in God. You know what the devil wants me to do? He wants me to put my mind on the circumstances of life around me rather than the one who is in control of all things. I won't tell the story correctly, but the story is told of a, of a, of a ship in the days, uh, uh, the, the wooden vessels in years gone by, and uh, the folks were afraid because of the storm, 
And uh, one fellow, he was just singing along, and they said, aren't you afraid? And he said, no, I'm not afraid. He said, why? He said, I just saw the captain, and the captain was smiling. Can I tell you something this morning when I can sing songs to remind me that God's still on his throne, and God's still smiling, and everything's in control, and it increases my faith in God. I want to sing the songs that remind me of trusting God. You need church more than Sunday morning one hour. You need songs that remind you of the truths you've heard preached in church on Sunday morning. An article was sent to me recently that was entitled, Hymns That Need to Be Put to Rest. And the reason they need to be put to rest were, there are now words in those songs that are not understandable, are no longer a part of our language. As I began to read the song titles in the songs, I thought how sad not because of their negativity toward these hymns, but to say those songs are no longer a part of our culture. And I said, but the songs are in the, uh, the words are in the Bible. For example, they said Soldiers of the Cross is a song that needs to be retired. Can I tell you something? We already got too many Christians retiring from their place of service in God's army. We don't need less singing about it. We need songs that remind us I'm a soldier of the cross and I must take my place and position another one. They said Bringing in the Sheaves. How many of you heard that song before? Bringing in the Sheaves. All of you all have. We don't need to retire it. We need to re-sing it. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again, bringing his sheaves with him, the Bible says. And then they said, we ought to retire the song at the cross. And I thought to myself, you ought to retire from writing. And I got mad when I read number four. They said, we ought to retire the song Beulah Land. The words Beulah Land are not familiar. They are with those that are going there. They're pretty familiar with those that sing about Beulah Land. But I love to hear Joel in the choir sing Beulah Land. One of these days he's going to be sick on that Sunday and I'm going to take his part, Beulah Land. Huh? In fact, let me know next time you're going to be gone. I'll schedule that Beulah Land. Faith is a victory. Another song that we need, they said, needs to be retired. I say this morning, they don't need to be retired. They need to be resung. We didn't come to church this morning for you to watch a group of folks put on a show. We came for you and me and us to sing together the songs of Zion. We're not trying to figure out who can impress someone with an ability to sing. God, when He saved us, He put a song in our heart. God, when He delivers us, He puts a song in our heart. And in the nine hours, when the trials and the testings come. It's God that gives a song in the night. Boy, I'm glad I don't have my mind full, full of some of those songs. I'd hate for those, those songs to come to me in the night. Who wants to try to go to sleep with drums hitting on the side of your head? Anyway, I'm not preaching about that today. I'm just preaching on the good part of the good singing. I'll tell you this story and I'm finished. It is said that the soldiers of the Civil War, both those who wore the blue and the rebels who opposed them, should be referred to as more than American fighters. They deserve to be called the singing soldiers. It was the hymns that are in this book that carried the soldiers on both sides through that great tragedy in the history of our nation. A Union soldier wrote 
to his, uh, to, uh, to his parents. They sang, he said, we sang individually and as we putter about the camp. We sing in duets, trios, quartets, and sometimes on the countryside at night, it is made to reverberate with as many as a thousand voices uniting their hearts in singing the hymns of God. Many of the songs soldiers in both armies sang were the most well-known Christian hymns of America of that day. Reports of hymn singing in services or private Christian devotion was to be expected, and there are many, but reports of hymn singing as recreational pastimes are laced throughout the soldiers' diaries, letters, regimental histories, and other post-war reports as reported in the New York Times of that day. Wouldn't hurt the New York Times to print a few hymns today. <laughs> One boy wrote home in his letter, he said, the number of hymns that we all sing and know is wonderful. By the way, Mom, they're all Methodist songs that I sing. <laughs> Those were the days when all Methodists believed the Bible and the gospel uh, uh, the gospel was salvation by grace through faith in Christ. One, uh, one soldier wrote a letter, a soldier from Minnesota, and he said, Mom, please send as many copies of sacred music as you can send. I'm saying to you and I this morning, let's sing the songs of the Lord. He's a giver of songs. Let's sing His songs. Let's be a joyful people. Isn't it a wonderful thing that a Christian can sing not just when things are going well, but Christians can sing in the valleys, in the night, in times of sorrow. I don't know if there's anything more comforting than to go to the funeral of a godly individual and stand and sing the songs of that old hymn book singing about heaven, singing about home, singing about His love for us. Stand with me this morning. I want to challenge you. Sometimes we as adults expect children to do things that we do just because we do them rather than what we teach them. Young people, you ought to listen to good, wholesome, godly, Christian songs. You can remember a song and it'll help you. In the day, and it'll help you in the night hours. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here, you do not know Christ as Savior. You ought to trust Christ as your Savior today. If you're here today and you've been saved but never baptized, never showing your testimony of faith in Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, you ought to follow the Lord in believer's baptism this morning. The water is all ready, the clothes, everything ready. Perhaps you need to make a decision just about music alone. Think this morning, what are you feeling, filling your mind and heart with? Is it something that will help you through the next trial of life? Or is it something that will bring on another trial of life? Heavenly Father, thank you for the Word of God. And Lord... 
Thank you that one of the books is a, is a song book. And your word throughout emphasizes singing. And you're the giver of songs. Help us to have them in our lives today. I pray that you bless our invitation in Jesus' name. Amen.